episode of the Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. When it's time to get some new windows or a new door, you got to go with them. Why? Because they can provide window and door solutions to any home and because of the people. The people are great. Brian, Clint, Steve, Vince, the whole gang, everybody with Pella, awesome individuals. And you know what else is great? You're going to be working with those awesome individuals the entire time. Do you realize, I didn't know this, but do you realize when you work with some other window companies, all of a sudden questions pop up like, who's installing it? Who's going to pre-finish it? And you got to call that person. You got to get in touch with them and you got to call them. Nope, they do that. They do this. Ugh. All of a sudden, you're dealing with like four or five different people. That's awful. You want the convenience and simplicity of working with one company, not three or four. That's Pella. Check them out on the web, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. All right, on the pod today, we got my former roommate at Creighton. Uh, he's been with, uh, gosh, like nine, I think, NBA teams now. He uh, He's Anthony Tolliver. Uh, he is just an outstanding human being. Um, great basketball player, obviously. And uh, I wanted to catch up with, uh, with AT wanted to get a sense of, Hey, what, what's this time like for an NBA player being quarantined, social distancing, trying to stay in shape, trying to make sure you stay ready for it. You know, the, the season, if it comes back, whatever it is, I mean, what's, what's all this like from an NBA player's perspective. And I wanted to touch on, uh, Anthony's thoughts on, uh, a lot of this stuff happening with, with Tyson Alexander, Entering the draft, also the Jalen Green G League decision that he made, one of the uh, you know top ten high school players in the country, elected to go uh, sign a five hundred thousand dollar contract to play in the G League uh, for this new developmental program that they're creating, rather than going to college. Just get uh, Tolliver's thoughts on a bunch of different things. Uh, so I figured I'd I'd hit up my guy A Train. So that, without further ado, let's get to it. Here is my podcast chat with Anthony Tolliver. I will. Uh, I know you got. You got like 65 little kids running around, so I'll knock this out and get you on your way, okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, the good thing is, right, that's why I strategically place a lot of my phone calls between 1.30 and 3.30 because that is quiet time, nap time, slash not, a, not running around time. So. I, I love it. I, I love it. Well, you know what? I actually – the, we're we're going to keep all this in because I like that answer. So we're off and running right now, okay? So we're, we're, we are off and running. Are you, where are you quarantined right now? Where, like, where are you at? We are in in Texas at our okay. at our home in in Texas uh, outside of outside of Dallas. Okay, so that's uh, that's home, brother. How, so I guess before we get to basketball, business, all this other stuff, how how are you guys doing? I mean, you got four kids. Uh, you got your wife Jessica. Like, how, everybody good? Every every everything? Are you guys safe and healthy? Yes. Yeah, we're good. Just uh, <clears throat> you know, just really fortunate and blessed to have um the resources that we have and um you know have the house that we have and you know obviously when we built this house you know we didn't ever intend on uh quarantining in it uh, you know so, <laughs> sure. um but you know it just happened to be that we have a, a really great setup for that you know um i built a uh a small little um workout facility okay. and my garage where, you know, have multiple machines and pull-up bars and all kinds of stuff. So, you know, can get the workouts in, in the garage and, and I, uh, we have a pool and so that's dope. And then, um, my dream was always to have like a little, a half court indoor gym. Well, my, my real dream was to have a full court. Sure. Too, too expensive. Too expensive. So, <laughs> so, I, 
so I settled so I settled for a uh, half court. So so for me and my kids and my family, it's uh, I mean, it's literally quarantine heaven. Right. If you, uh, you know, if uh, if there ever was one, I guess. But, yeah. Um, but but yeah, I mean, it's great. I mean, that part has been great to have those different resources to to help with the kids and stuff. But I mean, you know, we've just been trying to, you know, make make the most out of the whole whole situation yeah because my next question was going to be how are you staying in shape because i'd imagine that's got to be really challenging for a lot of guys in the league right now number one you don't know when you're going to resume or if you're going to resume but you got to kind of stay in shape uh you know there's one thing to do push-ups and you know sit-ups and pull-ups or whatever it's nothing to actually get a basketball in your hands and shoot it sounds like you're all good in that regard what i mean how have you kind of gone about like working out I mean, it, just because you don't know, who knows? You, listen, H.E., it's not out of the question that the season's done and, and y'all don't play again until next year. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the part of it. Um, you know, I'm, you know me, you know my, my nature is I'm a worker. Yeah. Um, so, for me, it has been uh, kind of been a weird, difficult, like, um, mix. Um, but I have, I have definitely, um, you know, been more on the side of like chilling yeah. <laughs> you know what i'm saying like which is which which is which is hard for me like right. it actually is like you know yeah obviously it's like but normally there's a time there's a clear timeline and whenever there's a clear timeline i have a clear plan yes. right and i've followed a clear plan in every off season pretty much my entire career and it's worked for me right right it's like you know hey after the season's over i'm gonna take some time off chilling mm-hmm. right like nothing like not don't touch a weight, don't run, don't nothing. Maybe walk with my wife. That's about it. Yeah. There's a dog, right? That's <laughs> it. Chill. Then outside of that, you know, um, you know, in the regular off season, I know, okay, this, this first month I'm chilling this next two weeks. Okay. Now it's more, okay. Ramp up, you know, just to get the body moving, walking up, right. Yep. Two or three days a week, I'll work out. And then the next couple of weeks is I ramp up a little bit more. Then the following month I ramp up a little. So then by the time I'm hitting, you know, getting into you know training camp, I've done you know two two a days, and mm-hmm. I've done all stuff. You know what I'm saying? I'm run, I ran, I, you know. But now it's like, dog, like, all right, we'll have to balance this out. Like I don't definitely don't want to burn out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but also, if for somehow some way the season does come back. I don't want to waste this time either, <laughs> you right. know. So it's kind of a, it's kind of been a, a, you know, a balancing act for me to try to, to put in the work, but just make sure I don't, I'm not doing it daily, and I'm not doing my two a days and right. stuff like that. I'm just, you know, doing something daily, and I've been trying to eat really healthy, and, um, you know, ironically enough, I've actually lost about eight to ten pounds. So, um, but it's been on purpose, you know, just right. less weight and. Just uh, trying to maintain that. How has it been for you in – I know for, for me, just a regular civilian, you know, you like – like when the quarantine and everything first broke, man, I was on my phone all day, every day, reading every story possible. Oh, here comes a press conference. I got to consume everything that's going on. And, like, I found that that just, like, I lost my mind, dude. Like, I, 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 I totally lost yeah. my mind. It was just, like, going crazy with it. So there's a balance of, like, trying to stay up to speed with, like, with everything versus whether or not that's good for your mental health, what have you found for that, especially as it pertains to sports and your job in getting ready to play? Like, what? How have you kind of struck a balance with those two things? 
So as far as sports and my job and all that stuff is, you know, with being part of the NDTA, um, I'm kind of in the know of kind of what's going on behind the scenes. Yes. And so we have calls, you know, weekly, usually about what's going on. And, you know, it, it'll, it'll slow down a little bit now because now we got some stuff figured out. I'm sure you saw last week that we agreed to, to like, a, you know, a scale back on, yep. on paychecks until further notice type thing. Um, you know, but it was, so we were, we were really, you know, you know, almost every other day talking about that for a while. Um, so that part of it is pretty easy to kind of stay up on board. Um, obviously my wife, you know, Jessica, um, she's a, she's a PA by trade. And so she's, you know, she's very familiar with, um, you know, medical things. Like I'm not real super smart when it comes to that stuff. So (laughs) kind of, I kind of lean on her to, you know, read everything, read all the science and read, read everything that's going on. And we kind of, we just follow her lead as far as, all right, what do you, what do you think we should do? How should we move? How should we shake? Right. Um, and, and, and for me, honestly, I just, I don't turn on the news. Like I don't. And, and, And that's the reason why there for the first few days, that's all I was doing. Same thing, just consuming, Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! You just being, you know, right, right. <laughs> it's like low, low key, like, like what the heck's going on? And you know, I, I, you know, I quickly realized this is not a. This is not the way to live. This is not the way to live a life. And B, it's not gonna. That's not gonna do me any good. No, right. Because you go to one source, you go to, you know, one news outlet. It's saying one thing. Go to another one. It's saying another. You read one article, it says this, another one's done it. So it's like, all right, kind of have to start by identifying who you're going to, who you're going to follow, right? Who you, who are, because we're not scientists. We don't know. (laughs) Me, you, my wife, none of us, my neighbors, none of us know exactly what's going on. Some people think, ah, it's not really a big deal. They're making way bigger of a deal than others, right? And others are saying, no, this is a huge deal. Now, these people who are doing this are crazy. (laughs) Right. It's like, so I'm like, bro, uh, which is it? Where am I at? I don't know. I don't know where I'm at on that spectrum. Like, you know, I think everybody's crazy for, for, you know, wanting to, you know, get back to normal and stuff like that. I mean, I understand why, Mm -hmm. but is it safe? I don't know. Like, I don't really know. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I know it's horrible. It's, it's, it's it's tough. It really is. It's really tough. But, you know, for me, it's just like, you know what? Yeah, we're doing the quarantining thing. We're doing that social distancing thing, even yep. whenever we are around other people yep. or a friend comes over to drop off something. It's like, you know, hey, hey, bro. Yeah, air five. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> like we, I'll talk to you for three hours, but just I'm not about to be all up in your face and yeah, you and mine. Right, so, right, right, right. Um, you know, just for that. So I, I don't know, man. It's just, it's tough. I don't know. It is. It, okay. So you being a part of the NBA players association, I'm sure you can't divulge all of the natures of, of the nature of what you guys have been discussing re- with regards to resuming the season. But is there anything you can kind of give us insight into where, like how that's trending, what that looks like, or is that more the same thing of everybody's like, Man, I don't know. We got to kind of wait and see what everything kind of looks like. Because uh, I, I thought I heard Adam Silver talk about Memorial Day kind of being like a big date to try and get things started. But I mean, shoot, all of a sudden that's like a month away. So I mean, I guess is there anything you can share in in with that? Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's what I can share is really not like 
breaking news. Yeah. You know, like it's like it's literally like from week to week, it's been like, oh wow, I feel really confident that things are going to happen. The next week's like, oh crap, I don't know if we're coming back even. <laughs> you know, to start next year. Right, time, right. right. Like, so, yeah. like, every week, every week is very, kind of unique in and of itself. It's, it's, it's been a crazy, crazy roller coaster um, as far as that side of things goes. But, I mean, just for the most part, though, I mean, I would just say, no, I mean, there's nothing. <laughs> gotcha. I figured <laughs> there wasn't, you know. You. Right, right. Yeah, like, I know that, I, I know that, you know, they floated around Ju- Ju- June 15th as kind of a D-Day. Gotcha. They floated that around. Not necessarily that's set in stone, but that's kind of like, all right, if there, there has to be basically a final decision made gotcha. in or around that time, okay. because otherwise it's going to be getting too late to even resume anything, right, right. for this season. Um, so, you know, put it that way. If there's nothing, if there's nothing definitive by that date you it's pretty much done that's kind so of what i, I think figured yeah that's kind of a, a a general thing that that's not like like i said it's not really breaking news you yeah. know but at the same time it's and it's not even something that is 100 accurate right i'm just saying that has been floated around as a possible d-day of okay we need, we need a decision by then right right uh what about, I mean, because you, you have, you know, the, the great thing about you is that you are, wear a lot of different hats. Um, you're, you're Anthony Tolliver, the NBA basketball player. You're also Anthony Tolliver, the entrepreneur and businessman. You and Dane got Big Blanket. I know you got your hands in a bunch of other things. So certainly coronavirus has impacted all those things. What about like Anthony Tolliver, the businessman? What has that been like in managing the business side of this stuff for some of your other little ventures you got rolling? Um, that side has been pretty freaking crazy. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, just trying to develop a new like rhythm. Um, it's, it's, it's built up some tension and pressure even on my marriage at, at moments. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because, well, because, you know, like during the basketball season or even in the off season, I have a rhythm. Right, mm-hmm. like I have a rhythm. I know what's going on. I know when I'm going to take calls and I'm not going to take calls. You know, but like kind of right now, like with with all this stuff. I mean, there's been so much stuff that has just built up. You know, business wise, you know, the MBPA. So I've had phone calls with that. I've had also phone calls with you know multiple things within the MBPA multiple other businesses who are doing things that require a lot of time on the phone and effort and this, this and that, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's just everything kind of all at once and everybody knows, obviously everybody's quarantined. so everybody's like, well, let's get on the phone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so it's like, dang, like, all right, I gotta, I gotta do a better job of just like recalibrating my balance, you know, because, you know, for me, you know, it's about the kids and the wife and, all that stuff and making sure that that time is sacred mm-hmm. and then building around that, you know, cause it kind of got, kind of got flipped upside down. So as far as like, yeah, business stuff goes like big blanket has been affected by it. Right. Sure. But in a positive way, we've actually been crushing it. Okay. So, <laughs> you know, so and then other companies, you know, uh, our fishing company, it's, um, you know, our, obviously our retail sales are down, but our, our online sales are up like 50% or 75%, okay. you okay. know? So it's, 
it's just like it's changing and it's just like being able to adapt to, to this new normal um, for now, at least until we figure out what tax is going to happen in the future, um, I think is, you know, it's going to basically determine whether or not our businesses make it or, or don't. You've had, even, I mean, you're, you've had quite the career in the NBA in terms of, I think I counted up nine different teams. Is that what it is? Are you up to nine? Is that what, is that? It's 10, it's 10? 10 now. Okay, actually. look at you. Yeah, I mean, you're, I don't know if you realize I played for Memphis to finish the. <laughs> That's what I was going to add. That's what I was going to say. Like, even for, even for Anthony Tolliver standards I, this I year. That, I mean, I'm telling you that because it's funny. I'm not even, it's, it's not really even a joke because there's a lot of people that I know and who are in my circle who some of my family members. They are don't like, know? Yeah, so, you know, so, man, you were, what, were you up in Portland when it got canceled? I'm like, bro, I've been on two different teams since Portland. Since Portland. <laughs> I had to, I'm not going to lie. So, I, had to, I had to Google and double check. I was like, okay, I knew he's in Portland. I thought he went to Sacramento. I think he's like, I had to double check all that stuff. The reason I asked is even yeah. for you, the journeyman, like, this has been a crazy year even for your standards. Like, what has this oh, yeah. year been like for you from Portland to Sacramento and, and then being in Memphis? Oh man, it's been, it's been freaking insane. Yeah. Like it's uh, <laughs> like, you know, first of all, that's only the second time out of all these years, all these different teams I've ever been on or whatever it may be. Um, that was only the second time I've ever been traded in my career. Really? So a lot of people, you know, people who don't really understand how the NBA works, you know, you know, and I don't correct them because I don't really want to take the time to explain everything, but they're like, oh man, you got traded to such and such. I'm like, yeah, right. But I didn't get traded, actually signed as a free agent. Right. They don't understand that, no. but I'm not going to just, oh no, actually, you know what? It's actually this. Like, no, yeah, I got traded. Like, you know, so, <laughs> just easier so to say, yep. Think, yeah. Most, yeah, exactly. Most people think I've gotten traded like 15 times. Like, I've only been <laughs> traded twice. The first time was, Six years ago ish, right? Whenever mm-hmm. I was in Phoenix, got traded to Detroit, which at the time I thought was the worst thing ever. Um, ended up being one of the best things that ever happened to me. Yep. Um, and then this time getting traded from Portland to SAC, right? And I go to SAC, I'm there. Wasn't you know, originally wasn't even really planning on going and reporting. I was gonna just get a buyout and try to go somewhere else. But, you know, they're like, Hey, you know, we'd love to have him back and you know, we feel like there's a, there's an opportunity here, blah, 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 right? And it just never came around. So I was, you know, about a month into it, I was like, all right, I want out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, which was, the first, which was crazy because this is the first time in my career I've ever asked to be, you know, let go and get out of the contract. And so, you know, what was the craziest part of it was it was the first time in my career where I was saying, all right, I want out, but I don't have a landing spot. I didn't have a place to go. I was like, I was like, this could be the end, right? Oh, Lord, which yeah. is crazy. It was, yeah. a, it was crazy, man. It was ironically the last game I had with Sack, and I knew I was going to get bought out the next day. Was against Memphis, okay. and I was like, wow, I could literally, this could literally be my last game. And I remember thinking, sit on the bench because you know yeah. I wanted out because I wasn't playing, <laughs> right. and I'm like, I'm thirty. I'm 34, and if I don't play, I, I die, right? Like, yeah. this, is, this is how careers end, right? So I'm like, all right, I, I need out. I'm looking over at our opponent on that Friday night. I'm thinking, wow, Memphis could really use me, actually. That's crazy. And I was thinking, like, <laughs> wow, my career could be over. You know, hey, it's been a great run. You know, literally had Jessica fly in from, from Portland. 
Saturday morning, we were gonna we, we literally were gonna drive to Napa, have some wine, right, chill out, right. enjoy it, like almost like almost a celebration, mm-hmm. but not like a celebration, right? Like, all right, if it if it continues after this weekend, cool. If it doesn't, all good. Wow. But like, just hey, let's just go to Napa, enjoy ourselves, drink some wine, and yeah. have a great time, bro. Tell me why driving on the way to Napa, my agent's like, hey, bro, teams are calling already. I'm like. Uh, uh, I mean, I'm thinking like that's great, but yes. I'm like, bro, I'm trying to have a good weekend. Yeah, come on, you're messing this up. <laughs> Jessica's giving you that look, like, like, oh lord, come on. Oh, she did. And yeah. So it was like, this, I'll tell you the plan. So this was the plan. We we're gonna have a great night. You know, what I'm saying, go have a couple wineries, yeah. go to a couple wineries, and you know, drink some great wine, have a great dinner, great, you know, just a yeah, great romantic, night, right? all Wake that. Yeah. Next morning, yeah. drive up, drive up the coast to oh. Portland see the family. I hadn't seen the kids for like six or seven weeks. Oh. So I'm thinking, man, this is about to be the great weekend. Go right. see the kids. And then maybe next week, you know, somebody would call and want me to pick me up for somebody for the playoffs or something, right? That's what I'm thinking. Yep. Bro, I'm I'm literally I'm literally lit in the middle of the wine tasting <laughs> and the Memphis the Memphis Grizzlies uh coach no. like calls me. I know him, but he calls me he's like, yo, you know, how soon can you get here? I'm like, oh. well, I can't leave today. <laughs> <laughs> I, said, I said, the soonest I can get there, bro, is possibly leave tomorrow. And so we started working on it. And wow. Sure enough, man, ended up flying from Sacra- or sorry, from, from Napa Valley yep. um, to all the way over to Atlanta, directly to Atlanta. And then, um, and then yeah, and then met them while they were on the road. Still didn't get a chance to see my kids, you know. Yeah. Um, but still met crazy. them, and, and and I had to clear waivers, so I cleared waivers at five o'clock on Monday. Signed a contract at five o two on Monday. Played at seven thirty. Played twenty minutes at twelve points. That is freaking crazy. <laughs> like that. Yeah. that yeah. That's where you. I mean. People just have no idea, man. You know what I mean? That like, for, for the effort, they just go, "Oh, look, Tolliver, he, oh, he's in Memphis now." It's like, well, there's a lot that went into all that, you know, and there's a lot of emotions <laughs> and different things that went into that. That is, God, that's nut. I mean, you've been around a lot of good young players. Like, what? Tell me about. Give me your your quick thoughts on John Morant. Like, what? I mean, is he as off the chain as he looks? Yes, every bit, of, <laughs> every bit. I mean, he's not. So he's he's. He's as good as he looks, and he's also probably a better person than okay. you can imagine. Like, like he's just a good kid, right? And what I love about Memphis, and you know, and I'll tell you story kind of how the whole ten day contract, okay, you know, worked out right after this. But yo, like he and uh, Jaron Jackson mm-hmm. are like phenomenal, phenomenal kids, like phenomenal right and it's not just them like there's a uh, all the guys on the team are dope and they're all young right yeah, it's Everybody's a young team young. yes like, i was i was old old head on that team right <laughs> and but everybody's dope man everybody's good they're obviously good at basketball right but like they're just good humble guys and like like they're not you know what i'm saying like yeah. i don't know there's just like a there's a maturity about this group that I, I've never really been around a young group like that, right? And so, you know, the organization, phenomenal. Like, it just, they shot, it shocked me. I was just like, 
I went there. I was like, hey, I, I just want an opportunity to play basketball. Sure. I, I was like, I don't really care who it's with, whatever. And I got there, and I was like, I fell in love with the with the team, with the guys, with the organization. I'm like, oh, this is actually a really, really dope situation, right? right. Um, so um, we'll see. But anyways, I'll, I'll give like, me the ten day, the ten yeah. day, yeah. ten day contract, right? So ten days. I look at the schedule, and of course, you know, <laughs> at day ten was the day before we tra- would travel to go to Portland. Okay. Or so on the 10th day was the day we would travel to go to Portland, which is where my family had been that whole time. Right. So I'm thinking like, so if I don't sign another 10 day contract, I'm not, I'm still not going to see my kids. not going to see my family for a while. Right. Right. And so, so I go ball out, right. I do my thing over yes. the 10 day contract. They're like, Hey, we want to sign you to another one. Um, meanwhile, there's other teams that are, you know, calling and wanting to possibly rock with me. But I'm thinking like, all right, well, maybe after the second 10 day, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to see my family. I'm, yeah. I need to see my kids. Right. Plus, it's a good situation. I'm still playing. Everything's good. So, hey, I'm just going to rock this out, see what happens. And so, um, so yeah, the 10th day, we fly, we fly to Portland. And, and uh, you know, the next morning, Rich Cho, Rich Cho was like, hey, tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock, we're going to sign, you know, sign your second 10 day and whatever. I'm like, bet. It'll be docu signed, so it'll be easy. Long story short, well, that night I'm at my crib in Portland with my family, okay. hanging out about to eat dinner, and I get the notification: NBA suspended. Oh, you! <laughs> like, what the freak just yeah. happened, right? Like, but like, I just happened. We just happened to be in Portland, right? Like, it's just the timing of it was perfect. And they were like, "Yeah, we're trying to get back to Memphis as soon as possible," because we had just landed in Portland okay. like two hours before that. And they're like, "If it's suspended, then." Everybody's like, well, we need to get home. Right. And so I'm like, well, I am home. I'm, I'm staying. With my family, so yeah. I'm out. And so either way, I was like, even if it was like all oh, mandatory family or mandatory team stuff, right. that, that's cool. Technically, I'm not on the team no more after tomorrow morning. <laughs> so, <laughs> so y'all go ahead and I'm going to stay here. So it's it just a, it's just crazy time. Like the, the way it worked out and played out, it was, it was perfect. My family got a chance to, you know, I get to just be with my family. And, right. and then, you know, after like a couple of weeks, we decided, or it wasn't even a couple of weeks, it was like a week by the time just everything started progressing the way it did. Right. And it just started getting crazier and crazier. We were like, you know what? Like, if this is going to be a long-term situation, we need to get home home. Right. Mm-hmm. So just start calling in favors, bro, and making stuff happen. Got my dog ship, my, my, my uh, dog ship. Yep. My cars shipped, and 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 just like got everything set up within like 24 hours. Got everything done. I was like, wow. Hey guys, quick break to talk to you guys about Pella windows and doors. And I, I want to make sure that you guys understand that Pella windows of Omaha and Lincoln they are following CDC guidelines. Uh, during this coronavirus situation. They can safely serve any of your window and door needs in the showroom or in your home. All the employees at Pella and the customers are completing a COVID-19 questionnaire as provided by the CDC prior to entering the showroom, entering the office, and uh, any uh, potential customer's home and all the employees are required to self-quarantine for a recommended 14 days if uh, that individual comes into contact with someone who's tested positive if they traveled anywhere outside of the omaha lincoln area bottom line 
they are taking all the necessary precautions to make sure that they are safe and you are safe so you can safely move forward with your window and door needs. And uh, on top of all that, as a result of all this stuff with the coronavirus, uh, Pella is offering temporary special financing options. They are now available. So And now is the time to take advantage of these special rates and uh, put that value back into your home. And you have that peace of mind knowing that all the necessary safety uh, protocol and precautions have been uh, put into place by Pella. So you know the whole time you can feel safe. Give Pella a call, 402-493-1350, or check them out online at PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. Back to Anthony Tolliver, right in the nick of time, too, probably. You know what I mean? Because it was that stuff was everything happened so fast. I mean, so you yeah. were so you were like sitting down for dinner when like the Rudy Gobert stuff all broke. Like, yes. yeah. So give, yes. give me your. I'm, I'm always interested in people's like where they were when all that stuff happened because I'm telling you, man, that was like when all that happened, and then you know, then there's the Woj bomb that the the season's canceled. That's that whole that whole night is like a everybody will kind of remember where they were that night. Oh yeah, I mean I'm yeah because so you know obviously Corona was around before that yes, right it wasn't yes. like it yeah, was not a just new showed thing. up that day right? right so it was like there was all these new kind of regulations that were kind of taking place before we shut down um, media wasn't allowed in the locker room no yep. more um, everything was done in the press conference room um, even our fans in Memphis like they had uh, an extra barricade between them and us. No more touching fans. No more doing autographs. No more pictures. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously you can wave at people and stuff like that. Like you know, air fist bump, whatever. <laughs> but it was like, you know, it was like it was already weird, right? Yes. And then the so on our way to Portland, you know, all this stuff. Just like, you know, I remember that day. And and while we're on the plane, even guys would get notifications. Yo, yeah. this happened. Yo, that's happening. Blah blah blah. Right? Yo, they're talking about. You know, um, you know, having after Thursday, because Thursday was the game was the game against uh, Portland. They're like starting on Friday, the games, all games in the NBA are going to be without fans, right? Right. And so we we thought that was outrageous. We're like, yeah, that's crazy, mm-hmm. right? But they're like, we thought that was like worst case scenario. Man, we're going to be hooping, but we're going to be basically scrimmaging against these different teams, right? right? That's what we thought. Right. And and then less than 24 hours later, it's like, nah, y'all ain't, y'all ain't even doing that. Matter of fact, everybody go home. Matter of fact, everybody go home and get away from each other. Matter of fact, you can't even come into the practice facility or nothing. Like, you yeah. go home and sit. Yes. Like, it's crazy. Like, yeah, in a span of like six that, days. That. You know what I mean? Like, span of yeah. six days, it went from like, yeah, that's how it was like, okay, no fans, okay, uh, I, everybody's going to stop for a little bit too. Everybody go home, shut their door, don't come out unless you are going like it is absolutely necessary. It's just, it's nuts, <laughs> you know, how fast yeah. it all moved, you know, and we're, you know, yeah. we're a little over a month into it, so we're all sort of adjusting to it, but in some ways it's still as crazy to say out loud kind of just what is exactly happening right now. Uh, mm-hmm. do, do you, uh, I, I, you're the perfect guy to talk to about a bunch of this stuff because you're you're just the perfect dude. Uh 
I, I want to <laughs> thank you, sir. Yeah, you know, you're the perfect dude. Yes, you are the perfect human being. But it, I want to talk about this G League thing with Jalen Green, and then I also want to talk about Tyshawn Alexander because I'm sure you saw that Tyshawn officially signed with an agent. He's going to stay in the draft, and uh, he's not coming back to Creighton after you know our boys balled out this year. At like those those guys were good this year. It was wild to watch them play. Um, tell me, give me your thoughts on Tyshawn's decision because he's probably like a borderline second round pick and you know the the contracts in the second round have changed like a lot of the second round guys are, are getting there's more guaranteed money getting thrown out there like Kyrie was a, was like the 36th or 38th pick he got like a two years two million dollar contract uh with like maybe a third year player option so a lot of those second round contracts are getting better but it's but it's the it's just there's a there's a gamble there, right? I mean, it's like he could get uh, go undrafted, or if he's maybe a late late second round pick, he might not get that kind of guaranteed money. Whereas if he would have come back, he could have maybe played his way into being a guaranteed second rounder, maybe even a first rounder. How do you see Tyshawn's whole decision? Because it's you're seeing more of that where guys are leaving early that are like borderline second round picks. Yeah. Um... So, just to be clear, I'm uh, the person the the agent that he signed with is it um, one of the agents that allows him to go back to school? No, he not? is. I think he is officially. It is he is signed and staying in. He did not sign. Yeah, like it's so, a real agent. Like he is homeboy. Did, did is, he get? Did he get any feedback? Um, yeah, did he get any feedback before he made that decision? I mean, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm asking you because I, yes, I don't know. Yes, he did. You yeah. Do. I, I wish, you know, I he, wish all the guys, especially all the guys at least coming out of Creighton, would, you know, reach out to us. Yes, right? like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Right, I know. All, we're all resources, right? And right. I, we have done that for some guys. I, I, I remember talking to um, Kyrie yep. um, when he was coming out. Um, I think I talked to Justin once. Um, um, but, like, you know, so different guys definitely have i you know so but i mean you know just getting getting certain guys um you know reaching out to us i mean we we're all open books right? yeah we're you'd be the perfect guy you, you're you're the better guy to talk to in all reality than you know than kyle or doug or because like you've you've gone overseas you've been in the g league you've signed 10-day contract like you've done two-way con- like you know all of what that world looks like and so i don't know i just uh, the, the yes but to answer your question on tyshawn he 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 went through the he got feedback uh my understanding was that his grade was was kind of like late second round and he is he, he's decided to stay in the draft and what's hard is like he's going to get no pre-draft workouts uh or anything like that because of what's going on right yeah, now no no ability to even bump that up none so i don't i mean it's one of those things i get it like if someone if someone just you know if tyshawn were sitting here he might be like listen at nick I just want, I'm ready to I'm ready to start my pro career, and it's like, yeah, okay, that's fine. You know, I, I totally I totally get that, but I don't know. I just think uh, you know how it is. Like, you all of a sudden you become a late second round pick, or you go undrafted. All of a sudden you're entering into that into the jungle, man. Where there's a lot of dudes out there that are that are grinding to try and make it, and it's and it's it's hard. I guess there's just a lot of things to consider with that. Right. No, I mean, I, I you know, hey, man. It's 
it's you know every man to himself, right? Like yeah. be able to make his own decisions, and if, like you said, if if he wants to just he he says, hey, I just want to start my pro career. Fair enough, bro. That's yep. what you're gonna do. All good. Um, but you know, for me, it's like especially with Creighton having you know obviously big time aspirations the following year, and mm-hmm. you know being in a lot of preseason top four, top three, top what. Well, I mean, that's the when you're when you're, when you're in that discussion. You are a national championship contender. Mm-hmm. Period. Period. Right. Yes. So, so, you know, having that ability to to do that, I mean, you know, like I said, I don't know all the factors and I don't know all the details, and it's hard for me to just in a vacuum. I got you. Say, yeah, me too. Right. You know, it's right. a, it's a great decision or, or or it's a bad decision. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know the circumstances, and that's what I'm saying. I wish. I know, wish these guys would reach out to us right. more um, and use us as resources and bounce things off. It's like, all right, here's my situation. Bam, 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 bam. What do you yep. think I should do? Right, right. Bam. All right, well, cool. This is what I think you should do. This is how I think you should approach it, right? Um, but, you know, but it is what it is. Like I said, it's, I, it sucks for Creighton, you know, yeah. <laughs> because – Man, they had a chance, like, dude. You know, that's going to be a big – that's going to be a big hit to, uh, you know, to their aspirations to – to make a big meet, make a big leap for for next year, but uh, but you know hey, it's hard. Everybody's got to do what they got to do. So hey, it, it is uh, it is pretty crazy. I might I might have text Dotzler this or something like, you know, ten thirteen years ago we were eating Arby's roast beef sandwiches, getting ready to play Northern Iowa, <laughs> you know, on like a, on a Tuesday night and. You know, here here we are, thirteen years later, and Creighton's. You know, they finished the year ranked seventh. They won the Big East regular season title. Like they were going to be like a two seed in the NCAA tournament. Like it, it is. It's got to make. Like I know it makes me proud, but even you, like you, really helped lay down the foundation for for this program. Like, damn, you got to be pretty proud of where the program's at right now. Oh yeah, I mean, it's just continued to get better and better, and just you know, obviously had you know halfway just decent years here and there right you know where there's there's down years whatever but, sure. but for the most part i mean it's just been like continuing to just have a, a great standard right and i'm just uh you know i'm definitely proud of the guys who are a part of it and uh just you know proud to be a, a creighton alumni you know especially yeah. whenever got guys out here you know representing as well uh a couple last things we'll let you run at this this G League uh, decision that Jalen Green made, the the top high school kid, uh, the, the, the G League is kind of expanding into this almost like developmental thing where Jalen Green got $500,000. He gets a scholarship for any university. Later, if he wants it, he's going to get training out in Southern California with coaches and veteran players and play like 10 to 12, a 10 to 12 game schedule. Um he he's opting to do that as opposed to go play college basketball. You know, I know the G League clearly is like I don't know if they I think they they don't love seeing like Lamelo Ball and those dudes go over to Australia. I think that as and RJ Hampton I think did it as well. I think that's as big of a thing as anything with this expanded G League thing. How do you see all that stuff? I mean, because we're we're kind of we're it feels like we're we're headed towards another crossroads for where like college basketball, these, you know, McDonald's All-American five-star guys, if they want to go to college or if they want to do this G League thing or if they want to go overseas right away, how do you see all that as someone that's that's been all, been all those things? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it definitely is. It's, it's all about money, 
Yeah. Um, you know, um, all across the board, every single one of those leagues, Australian league, overseas leagues, China, D league, G league, whatever you want to call it, college. I mean, it's going to be competition, but what, what does competition bring? It brings, it, it, it brings the best out of everybody, right? Like to me, it, it's, it's great that the, a, a person coming out of high school will have options, right? The G league option and stuff like that will eventually end up being the NBA option, but hopefully maybe it'll be both, right? Like, because some guys might be on the brink of being ready, but not ready. LeBron was ready, right? Mm-hmm. Certain guys, they're ready, right? So you're getting drafted right into the NBA, you know, whatever it may be. And that's going to happen again you know, sooner than later. That might end up being, you know, where they kind of morph the, the draft thing or you can get drafted out of high school. And then that basically you it's like a, you know, we've already all, all talked about the farm league, like how baseball is, right? Yep. You have, yep. you know, you get drafted by the Mets. Okay, cool. Well, you're going to the, you're going to triple A or double A or single A until, you know, for a while, development, development, development. And then, you know, you might pop up after a year or two or whatever and, into the regular league. Well, you know, I think the NBA is going in that direction. Um, and I think that it's going to be, um, you're going to be seeing a lot more, even a lot more high school guys getting drafted putting them into the farm system and then, you know, popping them up whenever they're ready type thing. So, um, but then, you know, like I said, there'll be some guys who, I mean, the, per, the, 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 the people who are going to hurt the most NTAA, yeah. right? A lot of these guys who are the top notch guys, I mean, they might go to the college, but I would say majority of them aren't going to even you know, consider it. Like what, you're going to go to the NBA or, you know, G League and make a ton of money or you can go to college. Right. Like, I mean, some guys might. Like I said, some guys still, I mean, they're still going to be college basketball. Don't get me wrong. No right? question. I'm just talking about the, the cream of the crop. The yes. cream of the crop, there's going to be a, you know, they're going to get kind of shaved off the top and then they're going to go to the professional ranks and then, you know, the, the four the four star recruits and three star recruits would now be bumped up mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. to the top the top of the top in college basketball. Yeah. I, I think because I'm totally with you. And I think listen, I'm not gonna sit here and say that college basketball, who needs Zion? Who needs Kevin Durant? I mean, come on. Like Zion's year at Duke was great for college basketball. Kevin Durant at Texas was great. Mello at Syracuse was great. Like, come on. But at the same time, like mm-hmm. I think I almost think a bigger issue isn't the elite high school kids not coming to college. I think the bigger issue is the current college basketball players leaving early to be undrafted or leaving early to be second round picks. Like I almost think that's a bigger issue for the long term of college basketball as as it is that a five star McDonald's All American never comes to college. That that's kind of how yeah. I, I would say that's yeah. Awesome. I mean, I, you know, what we talked about earlier was you know you know. The, the NCAA has implemented some new rules yep. where, you know, obviously those guys, some of those guys can sign with different agencies. Certain agencies have the ability to sign a player, but then still have them go back to college and stuff like that. That I think that's the purpose of that is to kind of prevent some of those situations from happening. Right. Guys still have the ability to go sign with another agent that don't, that doesn't have the ability to go back to college. Um, what that's their prerogative, right? I mean, you can't you can't possibly fix it all the way to where you protect them from themselves. Yeah. All the way. Right. right? Like guys people are gonna make their own decisions based on what they feel like they want to do. 
So you do you put the you put the opportunities in place that you feel like are the best for them, and you say, hey, these are your options, and you know you can protect yourself by doing this, but you know if you don't, then it's on you. And no, there's just gonna be there's gonna be a whole lot of casualties. It, career casualties not people hopefully <laughs> <laughs> but career career casualties by people making poor decisions yeah. and coming out too early and stuff like that but i, I agree with you I don't, you know that is that is a you know that can be a pretty massive mistake whenever guys do that okay get you out here on this one you and i are the same age tell me you watched the the first the last dance uh part one and part two of jordan's documentary last week did you watch it course bro i mean come on now yeah okay give it give it it to me i mean like were you as i was like drooling the whole time i was like this is perfect yeah so i'm i'm uh you know obviously anybody i think our age is probably a michael jordan buff either they uh, put it this way majority of our people the people our age love him then there's the faction of people who hate him because they he beat their team right like that thing right (laughs) yeah yeah um my, my cousin from detroit Still doesn't like Michael Jordan to this day. Those, yeah. you know, even though they beat up on him for multiple years, but then <laughs> he basically destroyed that entire, uh, that entire era, right? Yes. That, that bad boys era, because you know they broke up after that. So, um, so he still to this day doesn't like Michael Jordan. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I read, I've read multiple books on Jordan. I've read a book on on Dennis Rodman. Um, I haven't read anything on Scotty, um, but, you know, seen just about everything, you know, to do that has to do with Michael Jordan that's ever been on TV or movie theaters, anything. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it's crazy. I, I mean, I've, I've, I know a lot of the stuff that is happening on, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. In the documentary. It, right. It right. doesn't, it doesn't keep, it doesn't keep me from absolutely loving it. Right. It's still awesome. It's still great. Um, but it's just like, it's just, you know, learning. There are some things I'm learning, though. That's what keeps me coming back, right? Where, right. you know, I didn't I, I didn't realize, even through the books and everything else, maybe I missed it, but I didn't realize that Scotty actually asked for a trade. Neither I did I. I that. forgot about that. I was like, I know. I, that's fascinating. Crazy. Holy crap, I never knew that. You know? <laughs> yeah, I know. I, well, because what I, what I was saying was like, when you were, when you're, the age we were, what well, we'd have been like, what, like 14 or something like that when all that stuff's going, like, you don't think about contracts and front office stuff. You're just like, Bulls are really good. Jordan's a baller. I'm watching Sports Center. I don't care about anything else. You know what I mean? Like, you didn't, like, yep. a lot of that stuff didn't, didn't make it to your conversations over pizza rolls and fruit roll ups and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, you didn't care about any of that stuff. And so I'm with you. Like, I had, I had I'd forgotten about Scotty asking for a trade. You know, it's just amazing to think that these dudes were backed that they had won five championships. They had just won two in a row. And it's understood heading into that season. It's like this is it. Phil Jackson's last year. Everything's it's just it's wild. Like it, it's it still no, is it's, it's no, wild. it's it's idiotic. It's idiotic. Right? Like yes. to me, the people who were in charge of the freaking Bulls and we all know who they are. Yeah. You know, it's like, dude, come on. Like you guys are seriously talking about, oh, maybe we should start rebuilding now. Since when do you rebuild in the middle of a freaking dynasty? I don't know. Like, you literally are doing what you play for. Yes. You're winning championships. Why would you, like, it, at very least, they they owed 
Jordan, Pippen, Rodman, the, the core guys, right? Yes. They owed them the the opportunity to win as many as they could until they couldn't, right? That's like, it. That's what was owed. Phil Jackson should have been the head coach of that team until whatever year they lost. Yes. Like they should, it should have just never happened until they lost. Once they lost, by, by all means, freaking blow the whole thing up, right? right? But it's like, dude, why in the world, when you just won five out of seven, five out of seven, insane. It's nuts. Why would you just go blow it up? I know. Including like you have the best player in the world. Yes. Clearly best player in the world on your team. And Phil Jackson is the coach and he's saying, I'm not playing for anybody else but Phil Jackson. And you're like, it doesn't matter. That just shows you how much pride yeah. was involved. It, how it much, just, right. Like, they thought it would, they wanted, they wanted attention. They wanted the, notoriety and it's like bro are you kidding me like y'all y'all did that because of freaking pride that's crazy pride and ego and wanting credit you know like when you care about where the credit gets delved out more so than the the actual team success like you you got problems and that's pretty much what was like it should have it how hard is it to walk into the front office and say, okay, here's the thing. We're going to redo Scotty's contract. We're redoing Phil. He's staying. So Jordan's happy. And we're going to ride this. Like, it's just, it's, it would have been, it's not like they had to do a bunch of things. They just needed to make sure Phil was good and Scotty was good and they were going to be fine. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's not even like it was an impossible, like the Warriors situation with KD and, and Steph and all, like everything was going to come to a head with everybody wanting a ton of money. Like this wasn't necessarily totally like that. Like I felt like they could have made everything work if they wanted to, but like you said, Absolutely. ego, pride, all that stuff go, gets into the way. It's unbelievable. It's, it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It, it is. Pride unbelievable. comes before the fall, you know, and yep. they, uh, they wanted to prove that, that it was them you know, that, that won the championships or it was there. He, you know, he was like Jerry Krause, even his, his, his quote of a player, individual players by themselves don't win championships, organizations win championships. No crap. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Jordan. You ever heard of Michael like, Jordan? <laughs> like, like don't, but once again, don't, don't get it twisted. Yes. Does it require, does it require some, some maneuvering from front office people and a good head coach and stuff? Yeah. I mean, Yes. But right. even the head coach part, it's like, does it require a great head coach? I don't, I don't know if I even would say that. Right. If you have good enough players, it doesn't require a great head coach to win a championship. No. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, you, need, you need somebody who's decent, right? Yeah, like, just manage it. Decent? Yeah. If you have enough talent, you can win a championship. Right. right? Like, right. you know, how you get that talent, it could be through draft, could be through trades, could be through free agency. Now, you know, some of that obviously is on the – you know the head coach or the uh, GM and front office, right? So, yeah, it's it, it it's all it, it all is together, right? But to make it sound like oh, you know, we should get more credit than we do, it's like, nah, son, you got MJ <laughs> and Scotty, like two of the probably oh, best five players, six players in the NBA at that time, right. easily, right? right? So, like, no, nah, it wasn't it wasn't. You know, little Jerry Krause. It was, <laughs> it was MJ and Pippen, bro. Like, yeah. come on. Do you think? I mean, uh, and then I'll let you run. I promise here. Do you, with being around a young team, and you guys probably you and John Morant and Jaron Jackson and Dylan Brooks, you guys probably didn't talk specifically about this, but like, do those guys get it with Jordan, or are they more like, no, LeBron's the best, or no, Kobe's the best? Like, do they? What? 
Do you think that, do you think a lot of those young cats like are are like, oh man, he had 63 on Boston in his second playoff game ever in 86? Oh my god. Like do you think they do they, do they, they get respect it? they respect Jordan. Okay. They um they respect Jordan, but they um they idolize Kobe LeBron. Okay. That makes sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Like they they don't they don't dis they don't know I I haven't at least I haven't heard it like I haven't heard any of those guys like the younger generations disrespecting MJ like you know by you know discounting who he was what he did how he worked but you know but they definitely elevate Kobe and elevate LeBron because that's who they grew up watching right. and that, that's fair right. right I mean I don't I can't really knock him. Um, you know, what's funny, you know, RIP Kobe, but it's like, it's just funny to me whenever people, the younger generation say, oh, well, Kobe was better than MJ. (laughs) I'm like, what you don't get is that Kobe was a replica of MJ. (laughs) And he, and and a less successful replica of MJ in every, in every category. So it's like literally every category, right? Yeah. Didn't do well in. And now don't get me wrong, still one of the greatest players of all time, right? Like right. for sure replicating MJ or not still one of the best players of all time. You know, like the only, like, yeah, maybe he, 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 he uses left hand better than MJ. You know what I'm saying? Like that. <laughs> I'll give you that. If you want to have that, that's, that's fine. As far as I can get, I can't yeah. really give him much else. Like, no. you know what I'm saying? Like I'm just going off facts and stats. Like, Back yeah. to stats is hard to like beat. Like it's just nostalgia for these young guys, right? Kobe's better because that's you know I've seen it. Like oh, he's a better scorer. How? But we you know, like look at the freaking averages. Like how is he a better scorer than Jordan? Yeah, it's crazy. I know. Like, <laughs> well, that's what people people are such prisoners of the moment, and yeah. you know, uh, people and and I, maybe this is the first sign that I'm getting old and and getting on a rocking chair and all that stuff. But like everybody wants to act like I mean. Prior to 2003, there were a lot of really good players. You know, Jordan was really good. Hakeem was really good. Penny Hardaway was really good. Shaq was really good. Charles Barkley was really good. Even with you, like I saw some uh, some some Creighton Blue Jay banter, uh, like poll on like the greatest centers ever at Creighton, and like I get it, Justin Patton was a lottery pick, and but they had like Justin above you, and it's like Justin did it for one year. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like I, I get yeah. it. JP was a, like, but but that's what it is. It's like, well, I remember JP, and he played a couple years ago, so Justin's better. It's like, well, I mean, I don't know. It's like, it's hard. Like, it's it's one thing to do it one year. It's nothing to do it multiple years. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's it's kind of how it is for everybody. Everything, whatever's happening right. in the moment's the best. Right. No, for sure. No, that's why I said it's, it is what it is. Like, I'm not, I'm not about to jump on nobody for thinking – you know, LeBron, Kobe is better than MJ. That's great that you feel that way. Buddy. Yeah, I'm so sick of that debate <laughs> to a certain extent. Everybody's like, you know, in some ways, like Kobe's passing made me realize how dumb all that stuff is. It's like, why don't we spend yeah. time like appreciating these dudes? You know, the whole line of like, why we never give people roses while they're alive. Like, why don't we just appreciate these right. people rather than try and bring them down? Like, I can see already it happening with Jordan and his documentaries. People are trying to reignite that Jordan-LeBron debate. It's like, well, let's just like LeBron's a uh, uh, – a freak of nature, one of the five greatest players ever. Let's appreciate him and let's appreciate Jordan. Like we can do both at once. 
didn't have to be didn't have to be a competition no, between the two. It, it, it done, no, both both are dope. Both are great at what they do. Both are top top players of all time. So let's just enjoy it yeah. instead of debate it. Anthony Tolliver, go be uh go be a businessman, go work out in your gym, go be a dad, go do all that stuff. Appreciate your time, my man. I'm here. All right, my thanks to Pella Windows and Doors. If you're thinking about a new window or a new front door, now is the perfect time. Give Pella a call at 402-493-1350 or check them out online at PellaOmaha.com. We will see you next time on the Nick Bob Podcast. Thank you.